Hello, thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. So this morning, we got a very, very special speaker this morning. So I always pray about what should I speak about on Mother's Day? How can I do it justice? I can't understand motherhood. I can't try to communicate that. So I did the next smartest thing. I'm going to get a lady who's lived through it all, Mama Sharon, to just come up and just share her heart with us this morning. So you guys give her a round of applause as she comes. So just if you don't know, Jim and Sharon Hardaway were the founders of this church that you are sitting in. They pastored for 20 years. That was before Pastor Bobby. Bobby took it for about 10 years, and now I'm in that. I'm on the saddle. So that's just how the, you know, what it looked like throughout the generation. So this is not new ground for them, but just welcome them. If you've never heard of them, never heard her preach, expect a blessing. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Well, I'm excited about today. I brought my telephone up here because I don't want to go over time because I have so much to share. I didn't want to just keep y'all in here all day, but I could. (laughs) Do you have it on for me so I can start the slide? We're live. We're We're on it. Thank you. Well, I'm not used to all this. This, font, this microphone, this clicker. I want to introduce to the church, uh, Philip Mata, would you please stand? He's from Church of Living Waters in Rosenberg. He's one of the pastors in that church. They have a host of pastors, and he's one of them, and we appreciate him coming today to visit with us. And so we welcome you, Philip. Thank you for coming. I want to pray. Father, sitting in this worship center, I know there are those who came with a broken heart, some that came overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they don't even love their life unto death. I thank you, Father, that there is going to be a renewal in the hearts and the lives of people. I thank you not only mothers will be touched, but fathers will be touched, that young people will be touched, that lives will be changed because, God, of who you are. You're the God of more than enough, and you're a God of plenty, and you don't care where we've been or what we've done, but you're a God who sees us through the eyes of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're the ones that you have bought by your blood, and we receive it, and we believe it today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Okay, welcome, all you mothers. Y'all all all look so beautiful. You got flowers. And by the way, Miss Marino, I couldn't figure out how to wear that wrist thing. And so my corsage is over there because I couldn't figure it out. All right, I think that this will change. Yeah, only goal as a mother, raise children that don't have to recover from their childhood. How many can say amen? Amen. We don't want our children having to recover from their childhood. For your information, the general principle and notable in both biblical and modern history, this is a word from from a man that's a pastor. He said, children seldom desire to exceed their parents' disciplines. In disciplines, priorities, and convictions, 
and most of the time they degenerate several degrees from their parent standard. Did it change? Yeah. What you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. Think about that. If you lie about things, your children will be ultra liars. Your compromises will be your children's way of life. You compromise on the things of God, your children will take it to another height. What you make excuses for, your children will do. Oh, it's just my personality. You know, I just have to drink every once in a while. No, your children probably become alcoholics. Without feeling they even need an excuse, what you make excuses for, your children will do without feeling they even need an excuse. What you tolerate, they will celebrate. If you are lukewarm, they will be stone cold. When you disregard the Lord, they will rebel against him. What kind of example are you setting? Isn't that a good word? That's from a pastor in, uh, I can't remember, Bow Bridge, uh, Louisiana. And I thought it was so good, I stole it. In fact, I stole it from Ricky Rodriguez, I think, <laughs> from Church of Living Waters. Here are six lessons I have. Here are some lessons that I have learned and I'm learning. First of all, I learned right off the bat as I became a believer in the Lord that God is God and I'm not. I don't have all the answers to all the life questions all the things that have happened, I learned right away that God is God and I'm not. When I questioned him about that, when a certain thing happened, he said, I know things that you don't know, for my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Even as the heaven, they're higher, and he knows more than we know. And so I don't have to have all the answers to life's problems because God is God and I'm not. The second thing, God's precious gift of the salvation when I got saved, I not only did myself a favor, which is the best <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, but I also bettered my family. With Jim Ed being raised in the home, I was saved. Our, my husband was saved. We were able to raise him in the things of God. And the, the thing that happened in our lives when we, Jim Ed was about five days old, a lady from our church came to our house and she said, Sharon, I'm going to tell you the best thing you can do for your son. I said, okay. She said, pray for his salvation starting now. Don't give up on his salvation. Pray for him and keep praying for him. And that's what we did. Salvation is God's precious gift to all people. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I prayed for his salvation, but I pray for your salvation. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, today would be the day that you need to give your heart and your life because you never know if you have another breath. You know, I'm not being morbid, but it's the truth. Every person is going to have to give an account someday for their life. Hello, Chewy. I haven't seen you in a long time. How are you doing? <laughs> Just thought I'd make it known that you were here today. You got off work, did you? That's good. Jim Ed was, uh, when we were in Fort Worth, Texas at seminary, my husband worked at the Volkswagen place, and our son was about four and a half years old when Jim became friends with this man at the Volkswagen place. And he could tell right away that this man didn't know Jesus. And so he said, I want us to start ministering to he and his wife. I want you to 
become a friend to her. So we went over and visited one night, and that's when the hiding place came out. Some of you may have never heard of the hiding place. <clears throat> Corey Ten Boone, have any of y'all heard of it? Anyway, we took this couple to see that film. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to have a drink. <laughs> and while we were there, when we got through with the film, we were able to lead them to Christ that night. Our son was staying <clears throat> with the Tebos there in Fort Worth. He, spent the, he was going to stay there while we went to the movie. And he's, his story is he was watching Fat Albert and the gang on the TV with those Tebow boys. And he said he heard a voice say, go to the boys' bedroom now. He's four and a half years old. He said, as I entered the bedroom, I heard the voice of God say, now's the day of salvation. He's, now, he's four and a half telling me this story. And he said, I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart. I asked him to forgive me of anything I've done wrong and all my sins. He said, did he do it? And I said, yes, he did it. At the same time we were praying with that couple to come to Christ, our son was all by himself praying to receive Christ. What we sow... We reap a harvest, and we believe that. The second thing, as Jim Ed kept moving in the things of God, you know, we watch people as they change and as they, as they live. <clears throat> the second thing was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. The Holy Spirit, Acts 1-8, New American Standard says, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit gives us the power to be his witness. He gives us the power to walk in holiness and righteousness. So we started praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be evidence in our life and in his life. And we prayed that he would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We were praying for a lady in our living room. <clears throat> she had come to us because she had a bad back, and she had been suffering for days. And we were laying hands on her and praying for her, and she was gloriously healed, and she was shouting and everything. Jim Ed was in his bedroom. He said, when I heard y'all praying for her, I started praying, but listen to this, and he spoke in tongues, just in a different language, and he was giggling, he was laughing. He said, what is this? I said, it's the Holy Ghost all over you, and as he was praying in tongues as we were ministering, I'm telling you, you need to pray for your children to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If they're not too young to speak in tongues, they're not too young to operate in the gifts of the Spirit because it will give them the power and the insight into test. He used to pray before he'd take a test. Lord, show me what I, help me to remember what I'm supposed to remember. He studied. What happens when you get a good education, a lot of college in you, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, all that education just illuminates. It becomes better. It becomes stronger inside of us. Jim Ed prayed, and he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What happened to me, we were at seminary, at Baptist Seminary, and I got baptized in the Holy Ghost one night, one morning at 2 o'clock in the morning, and God just showed up in that bedroom, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. God is able to save you. He's able to fill you up to overflowing. Matthew 6, we prayed, we believe and pray in scriptures. 
If you don't pray scriptures, shame on you. Get your Bible down and start putting those scriptures to memory and start putting those scriptures in your heart. Matthew 6, says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. We prayed as a family that we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things we needed would be added to us. We would pray Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, through Christ who strengthens me. When Jim Ed was just a little boy, I'd hand him the Bible and I'd say, now I'm memorizing this whole passage here. So you'll have to follow along and you'll have to make sure I'm saying it right. And so he would follow along in the Bible. He would watch it. He'd say, stop, you got it wrong. Start over. Tell me what that says. And I'd start over. Little did I know he was memorizing the scriptures while I was memorizing the scriptures. His goal was to know more scriptures than me. When he was about eight years old, he told someone, my mother has memorized the whole Bible. <laughs> I said, honey, don't tell people that. I haven't memorized the whole Bible. He said, it just seems like it because every time I turn around, you're memorizing something and I'm having to watch. But God is good when he says that if we'll pray his word, if we'll speak his word, that his word will not return void, but it will accomplish that for which it was sent. We continue to pray and speak Psalms 91 over our lives. We call Psalms 91 our family assurance plan. When we didn't have health insurance, we would declare Psalm 91 is our insurance and assurance plan. When I was in Fort Worth, Texas, when Jim and I were in Fort Worth, I mean, uh, Colorado Springs at Jim Ed's house, I climbed upon a step stool in the pantry and fell off and hit sideways as hard as I could on that hardwood floor. It broke my hip and I guess part of my leg. I don't know. I don't remember. All I know is it hurt and I couldn't move. And uh, one of the, my grandsons, we were staying with our grandsons while our kids were in California. And so one of the young men whose mother is a nurse, Chase said, you better just be praying for her. Joe, you don't, you don't just stand there, you pray for her. And so Caleb was on the floor, our middle grandson was laying down on the floor, praying in tongues, praying that I could move, that I could be healed. I was believing for my healing, but God didn't see fit to let it be healed just like that. I went to the hospital and there in that hospital was on staff that very day was a young sports orthopedic surgeon. And he, they kept asking Jim, what medication she's on? He said, she's not on any medication. She's not sick. She broke something. <clears throat> and the doctor said, let's do a bone density test because she broke her hip. He said, you have very strong bones. He said, I mainly see hips broke like that when they have an impact from a car. And he said, you had to hit real hard because you have good bone density and so anyway, as he fixed that, you can imagine how much it cost. I went in on a Friday and I told him I want out on Sunday. That orthopedic surgeon said, well, I'll have you up walking the next day. I thought he meant he would fix it. I'd get up and walk, no pain. That wasn't what happened. He fixed it. I got up, I started walking and I was in severe pain. But I kept saying, I want to go home. I want to go to Jim Ed's house and I want to be there by Sunday because we have the three boys there and the friends were taking care of them. By Sunday afternoon, they showed Jim physical therapy for me because they knew I didn't want to stay. So when we got ready to leave, 
I had some hospital equipment that they had, and they said, we'll just let you take it home, and you use it. Now, talk about the favor of God. We speak favor over our lives. They said, just take it home with you. When you get ready to go back to Texas, bring it back to the hospital, and we'll sanitize it, and we'll use it again. I said, okay, that'll work. So we did, and I'm telling you that God was faithful. When they told me I had to take certain medication, the Spirit of God said, don't you take it, don't start it, don't even begin it. And I told him, I said, don't get it filled. God said, don't take it. And you know what? Because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, he's practical. He will tell us things. He will stop us. He will tell you, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't be in that place. Don't eat that. Don't drink that. Don't do this. And the Holy Spirit will keep you out of trouble. Well, as we begin to claim Psalms 91 as our assurance plan, we declared it so much that when the bill came, and it was more than I ever wanted to pay, they kept saying, Medicare covered this, and your insurance policy covered this. We didn't have any insurance except Psalms 91. And every time they would list something, they'd say, Medicare took care of this, and your supplemental insurance took care of this. And they kept saying that over and over. And I told Jim, I said, we really don't have supplemental insurance. He said, no, not other than Psalms 91, we don't. But we ended up having to pay very little for my, about my hip. And let me tell you, in 10 days, in 10 days, I was walking without a walker, and I was walking straight. That orthopedic surgeon watched me walk down a hall to make sure I didn't have a limp because when they did the surgery, they suspended me in air to make sure my feet would be even. And so he wanted to make sure I was walking straight. He said, there's not a reason in the world why you can't go back to Texas. I said, thank you, I'm ready. <laughs> I'd had all of Colorado I wanted. <laughs> he said, you just go back. And he said, and I'm gonna send you everything that I did to you it was a stack like this. And he said, so if you ever have another accident, they'll know what I did to you. But Psalms, I mean, Psalms 91, I, want you, I memorized it out of the New American Standard, but I want to read it to you out of the Passion Bible. I love the way this read. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy, and he will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under the covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield and keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing, whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives under the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. 
How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keeping you from stumbling. You, you'll even walk unharmed among the fierce powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. And here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high place, safe and secure before my face. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will find and feel my presence even in your time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. You will be satisfied with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Isn't that awesome? That is an awesome psalm. Now memorize it, not out of the Passion Translation because it's pretty lengthy, but memorize it out of a translation that you can do. The reason I use the New American Standard is that's what we used in seminary. But you can use whatever translation you want to use but make sure that you memorize it and get it inside of you so that when things start slamming against you, you can say, no, by the word of God, I will not. I am hidden in the shadow of the Almighty. I reign and rule with him. I want to, sh- uh, there's a video I want to play for you. And it's, uh, it's taken out of Zechariah 2.5, the scripture they'll use. For I declare the Lord will be a wall of fire around you, and I will be the glory in their midst. And he's talking about Israel. And this video that I'm showing you is made in Israel. And it will be, um, Nicole and Kathy Lee Gifford wrote this with, many, with an, just a matter of hours. They wrote this, this whole song. And I want you to listen up. I want you to listen carefully to where it takes up on Hagar. a single mother. She was abandoned by the family she belonged to. And there in the wilderness with her son alone with very little provision, she was wondering. She was questioning. Does anyone care? She's crying now the desert She's lost in her despair She thinks nobody loves her Hey God thinks nobody's there But God says 
life in the town of Bethlehem. And he would grow and he would be called the Son of God. He would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And he would heal and he would reveal. And then he had an encounter with a woman named Mary of Magdala who was plagued by demons, tormented by evil spirits. And Jesus set her free. And Mary followed him. She listened at his feet. She served him and she loved him. Oh, how she loved him. But then she watched as they nailed him to the cross. And as they placed his body in the tomb, in that moment, her hope died. It died. She's crying in the garden. She's broken in despair. She's searching for herself. Isn't that awesome?
He's the God who sees. He's the God that sees you from the beginning to the end. He knew you before you were ever born. He knew everything that was going to happen to you because he's the God that sees. Memorize Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. I'll read it out of the Passion Bible. I memorized it out of the New American Standard. It says, trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. Thank you, Lord. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him and whatever you do, he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit longs for. I learned it through the New American Standard Bible. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge the Lord, and he will direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. That's something that you can go to the bank on. That's the reason I claim that. That's the reason my bone density was so strong, because I believe God's word will not return void. I believe it comes and it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. I believe with all my heart that God will move and he sees us from the beginning to the end. He has all the answers and someday we'll know as we've been known, but by then we won't care what happened on the earth. We will know that we have belonged to him. God sees you in your darkest night. When you're crying in Revelation, it talks about he bottles our tears. How awesome is that? That God cares enough that he's numbered our days. I always say he's going to let us live a long, strong life. But he's numbered our days. He knows how many days we'll live. He knows who he's called. He knows everything about us. But God sees and he loves us. And I've asked Trey to come and lead some worship music during the invitation. I want all the prayer team to come up. And if you have a need in your life, I want you to pray. I want you to let the prayer team pray with you. If there's something that has plagued you for a long time, something you just can't seem to get over, God has a way of helping you get through it. And there's people here who will pray with you, who will embrace you, who will help you do anything they can to help you get through your darkest hours. Father, now I thank you that as we see that you are the God who has seen us, that if you could take Hagar, if you could take King David, if you can take all these people and you can birth through them a line of Jesus, then surely you can use us. Lord, I thank you that you're going to move by your power and your presence to heal every broken heart every broken spirit. Lord, today would be the day of salvation for those who've never come to know the Lord. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Stand to your feet. And if you want to come and let the prayer team pray with you, I'd like for you to just go ahead and come forward and get prayed for. We have plenty of time. I'm letting you out early today. So you, you have plenty of time to get prayed for today. No hurry. No hurry at all. So. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.